What's up, y'all? We're back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael. I'm sure you've heard how great the mortgage rates are right now, and they are. But like in Virginia, they're not just your typical mortgage company. They have phenomenal rates, but what really makes them different is that Mike is a certified financial planner. He's going to look at so much more than just the rate when designing your home loan. They're a small family-owned company, so you'll always feel like a person, not a number. These are the people that you want to work with. These are the type of people you can trust. Whether you're looking at refinancing your current mortgage, maybe buying a new home, Mike and Virginia, they'll make the process as smooth and simple as possible. I'm telling you, they're the best around. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, though, you'll get set up with a free consultation and discuss all your options. Again, that's dnvrmortgage.com. Or you can always give Mike a call directly at 970-412-2472. Visit dnvrmortgage.com or give him a call at 970-412-2472. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. Wednesday, folks. We're back. We're back. We're back with more CSU Rams talk. This is the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. As always, I'm Justin Michael, and we're going to be talking about a lot of different stuff. I've been a couple of days, was hoping that CSU would maybe add a game and that would give us something to talk about. But uh, yeah, still no games for CSU men's basketball at this point. Um, I wrote a column kind of explaining why I think that the Rams should gamble a little bit and pursue the possibility of a non-conference opponent. It seems really unlikely to me at this point that CSU is going to get a league game in before the Air Force series. It's not impossible. There's obviously, you know, more than a week, but it just it doesn't seem like the cards are in their favor now. They could potentially get two games after the Air Force series and that gap in between the time you know, between the regular season and when the conference tournament begins in Las Vegas. But it's just a weird, weird deal. Um, If you follow Jeff Grammer, who he works down in Albuquerque, one of the best reporters in the business, certainly one of the best in the Mountain West. He he posted kind of a a succinct explanation of how the Mountain West is going to do tiebreakers this year. Um, Obviously, they had to come up with some type of just determination for what they were going to do if, you know, certain teams had the same amount of losses, but they didn't play, you know, the same amount of games. So I'm going to break down that um, as it as I interpret it. And again, the Mountain West made this much more complicated than it needs to be. If CSU does not lose another game. They should at least get a split of the regular season conference championship. Now that doesn't do a whole lot for you in, in the eyes of the, the selection committee. The auto bid still goes to the Mountain West tournament winner. But I mean, considering CSU is an original member and they've never won, it's still you know a significant milestone. So it, it would be cool to see them accomplish that, just all things considered. Later in the podcast, I'm uh, actually going to go over the, the teams that I would like to see, or the team, I should say, that I would like to see CSU 
uh, most likely face in the semifinals in the Mountain West Conference Tournament. This is obviously operating under the assumption that they win and and get there. Uh, but, you know, whether that's San Diego State, Utah State, Boise State, all that. So I'm going to talk about that. going to talk about how this wonky, wonky conference uh, standings rules. I don't really know how to, I don't know what the phrasing would be there. I'm going to explain how the Mountain West is going to determine its regular season champion. That was a much more succinct way to say that. And then, uh, of course, we're going to continue to talk about the scheduling. Um, CSU needs games. Talk briefly a little bit about the NBA at the end, but not a whole lot. So, yeah, plenty to talk about. First things first, man, this this Utah State-Boise State game that we got to watch tonight was tremendous. It really had the feel of an NCAA tournament game. I mean, I've been saying throughout this season that I feel like the Mountain West has four legitimate teams that should qualify for the NCAA tournament. The likelihood of that actually happening, probably pretty slim. Um, but these are good teams. These are tournament teams. And, and anybody that watches them can see that. Uh, Boise State actually ended up pulling away with this one in the end. Uh, won at 79-70. to 70. They outscored Utah State by 11 in the second half. Really, the difference in this game, man, it was three-point shooting. I mean, Utah State could not buy a bucket from the perimeter. They went 3-16 from three-point land, only 18.8%. They just didn't have any help for the Amos Kata, man. He... He was absolutely dominating the post in a way that you rarely see in college basketball. 12 of 21 from the field, 8 of 9 from the free throw line. I will say the one free throw he missed was a a chance to convert an and one down the stretch. Uh, Also missed a dunk and a layup in the final minute. So really, really dominant performance from Niamh Keita, but struggled a little bit um, in the crunch time. Not, I mean, not trying to hold it against the dude. Like I said, he absolutely dominated all game, but when it mattered most, he wasn't able to convert. That said, still finished with a career high 32 points, 10 rebounds. Um, did have four turnovers, but that's fine. I mean, two blocks. They couldn't stop him. Every single time he was getting the ball, he was just bullying his way to the rim and dunking. I mean, uh, my, my buddies over at... Um, my buddy Eli Becker, he was tweeting, you know, it feels like every single time Namus Kata is touching the basketball, he's dunking it, and it's totally working. And it it was. It was a blast. But they didn't have anything going on around him. And I can't help but wonder if, you know, did, did the layoff really hurt the Aggies in this one? And I kind of hate to bring it up, but obviously if you're listening to this, you're a Mountain West fan, you're a CSU fan. Assuming that CSU doesn't play a game before Air Force, I mean, that's a three-week layoff, guys. That stuff matters, especially for the the fine details, the shooting, the little things. I mean, just looking at Brock Miller in yesterday's game, one of the better three-point shooters in the conference. He was 1-6 of from the field, 0-5 of from the three-point line, 0-2 of from the free-throw line. Just rust, you know, general rust. This is a guy, he's like 82% from the free-throw line, and he missed both of them. Look, I mean, if you're Niamis Keita, that size, that athleticism, that's never going away. You know, whether you play this week, next week, two weeks, as long as you're in shape, he's going to be able to go out there and dominate. It's a little bit harder to execute the finer things, you know, hit jump shots and, you know, just touch passes and transition offense and and, and just the little things. I feel like I've said little things about 100 times. So did you guys get that yet, the little things? But (laughs) I don't know. It just... 
I think it was a factor, especially down the stretch. Boise State could hit their shots, and and Utah State couldn't. I mean, both teams were pretty cold at the end of the first half and beginning of the second half from the three-point line. I mean, there were a lot of open looks that that were missed. But just all of a sudden down the stretch, I mean, Kijab hit one. Uh, RJ Dennis hit one. He was two of four. Alston was three of six from the three-point line. Shaver hit a big one. He was only one of three, but he hit a massive one with a hand in his face. That Boise team can score. I, I, I get why people are enamored with them. They could be really dangerous in the tournament if they got really, really hot. I mean, Alston is a bona fide bucket. I mean, he can score from pretty much anywhere on the floor. His mid-range game is impressive. As I've talked about, he's gotten bigger and stronger down low, more consistent as a jump shooter from three. I mean, that was always something he could do, but he's really locked that down, and and that's good for his NBA prospects. But it's it's a team that can score. Um, they got bullied down low. They got bullied down low, and if Utah State would have been able to just really knock down even just a couple of those three-pointers, it would have been a completely different contest, and it would have been kind of interesting to see how that played out down the stretch. Would they have been able to you know, slow Kata down if it was really tight and they were just kind of able to go for twos? Once Utah State, you know, was kind of forced in a position where they had to go from deep, they just they kind of got out of rhythm there. You know, personally, I think Utah State is an NCAA tournament team that loss against BYU is really going to come back to hurt them if they get swept by Boise State because Boise State has a win over BYU. So if, you know, if it comes down to those two for an at-large, probably going to go in favor of Boise State, even though Utah State has that sweep over San Diego State. But to, to me, like, I, I feel like we're trying to, you know, make this a science equation or something. And I get, like, the metrics are a good way to make sure that we have you know, something across the board to, to go from, but sometimes you almost just have to go on a little bit of eye test and just looking at the eye test, it's clear that Utah state is a tournament team. Ultimately, you know, it comes down to them to, to take care of business, but it would be a shame. I think if Niamis Keita and, you know, Brock Miller don't get a shot in the NCAA tournament, cause that's a team that I think could, especially in the right matchup could, could really make something could really make it interesting against, you know, somebody out of the big 10 or something like that. You know, I'd, I'd love to see, Niamis Keita just dominate somebody in the Big Ten or the Big 12 or the ACC or whatever it is because you know the, the Mountain West they don't they don't get that national love but these teams they're really really good really really good game two Friday night like I said Utah State probably has to win this one I think otherwise that loss against BYU and then recently that loss to UNLV who's not a bad team but I just think those two losses are probably gonna be what ends up you know being their final nail in the coffin, especially if they lose to Boise. We shall see. Uh, we're going to move on, and we're going to talk about just the the conference, the, the conference tournament, how this is all going to play out. Like I said, I'm going to explain how this wonky, wonky format works, or at least I'm going to best try to explain it. Uh, you pretty much need a, a degree to be able to decipher this thing, but hey, that, that's what we're here for. All right, before we get into all that, a quick word from our partners. It's not quite time for the madness that is college basketball in March, but that doesn't mean the fun has to wait. DraftKings Sportsbook America's top-rated sportsbook app is giving all new players the chance to cash $100. New customers can bet $1 on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. If your team makes it rain, you cash a cool Benjamin. You heard me right. All it takes is one three-pointer being hit by your chosen team to turn $1 into $100. Sounds like a no-brainer. 
this killer deal won't be around forever. So head to the App Store now, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, get in on all of the action. If basketball isn't for you, don't worry. DraftKings has daily odds boosts on hockey, soccer, so much more. You want to place future bets on college football, all that fun stuff. DraftKings has paid out $7 billion. You guys heard me, $7 billion since 2012. They know a thing or two about a payday. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR and get your shot to turn $1 into $100. When you bet on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game of your choosing this week, that promo code DNVR for new customers to get a shot to turn $1 into $100. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, Colorado-only, new customers-only. Restrictions to apply. Winnings paid out in four $25 free bets. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, all right, all right. Uh, again, if you need a visual, go check out Jeff Grammer on Twitter at Jeff Grammer, G-E-O-F-F Grammer. Jeff has a, a nice little thread that just kind of breaks up the Mountain West two-page explainer. But um, yeah, trying to determine who wins the the conference championship in the Mountain West, it's not rocket science, but it's much more complicated than it needs to be. But uh, let's let's just go through it here. First, you have to determine the average number of games played for the entire league. And to do so, you're going to round up. So Let's say the average number of games played in the league was 17.66. That would that would round up to 18, obviously. Pretty simple, y'all with me. All right, let's keep going. All teams that are not within four games of that number will have losses added until they are within four games. So if you're not, let's say you had a bunch of games canceled. Um, if you're in contention or you know you're at the bottom, whatever it is, Unfortunately, it's basically just going to go down as L's. That said, um, you know, if you're CSU fans, you know, you're probably listening, thinking like, what the fuck? Like, wait, what? They're going to add losses if we get more games postponed? I, it seems very unlikely that CSU won't be within four games of the average, assuming they get those Air Force games in. And on top of that, if for some reason that Air Force series did get postponed, I'd be very, very surprised if the league didn't step in and then say like, Hey, let's get these Nevada games in or the New Mexico games. in, I don't think the mountain West would just be like one of our best teams or one of our teams with the best chance at an at large bid is just going to get saddled with these losses here for things that were completely out of their control. That wouldn't be fair. Uh, that said, it does kind of make sense that the league had something to kind of make sure, you know, you, you just didn't want a situation where like a team that only played, like six conference games or something, you know, eight conference games with what seven and one or something, you know. All right. Once that baseline number for average games played is set, then we go to winning percentage. And and this is where CSU currently is sitting pretty with the with the only three conference losses. You know, in a in a hypothetical scenario, based on how this plays out, and this is based under the assumption that the Air Force game gets, do get played and CSU is within the four game average. If CSU doesn't lose again, they should basically be guaranteed a share of the regular season conference championship. Again, I'm this is me going off my interpretation of the nearly two-page two explanation by the Mountain West here. 
But uh, Jeff Grammer came to the same conclusion. So I, I believe I am reading this all right. If CSU doesn't lose another league game, at the very minimum, they should have a share of the regular season conference championship. And and that would be, you know, the first time in, in program history, which would be pretty cool. It would be pretty monumental. I mean, it doesn't help you much from, you know, the, the selection committee perspective, but maybe that is enough to, you know, if it came down to CSU or Utah State or something, you know, maybe just winning the regular season is that little bump that they need. I still really think that just beating a, a quality non-conference opponent would go such a long way or God, even, I mean, even New Mexico at this point, they suck, but just more wins. I don't, I don't know. I, I, every day I go back and forth on this. As I've said repeatedly, I think total wins is a sham. And the fact that it's even going to get factored into the equation is so stupid in this pandemic, but old habits, old habits die hard as they say. And so, you know, maybe you just try and do something like that to, to just kind of give yourself the benefit of the doubt. I, I don't know. It's such a tough spot to be in. You don't, you don't want to risk anything because, you know, CSU's greatest strength right now as an at-large candidate is that they just don't have any bad losses on their resume. But, you know, playing devil's advocate there, like if you play it safe and you still miss out, then you're going to be sitting there thinking like, well, shoot, we should have just gone for it. I just tend to operate under the assumption that it's easier to sleep at night knowing you went down swinging than it is to not even try at all. I mean, it's like when you have a crush on someone or, you know, you're madly in love with someone, you know, you could for weeks and months, you know, what if this, what if that, you know, I could do this, but it could backfire. I could do this and it could, you know, go in my face. I could ask her out and she could make fun of me. But until you do it, until you try you're never going to know, you know, and then ultimately you you have to live with that. What if? What if I would have done this? I should have. But if you never make the move and then somebody else goes and asks her to the dance then it's just like, well, you're shit out of luck, man. <laughs> I hope that metaphor made sense. It made sense in my head. But as I was going, I, I started to get real uh, Colin Coward vibes with that one. <laughs> oh, <he'd laughs> you can just picture him like in his little studio there and now, some t now think of the popular guy. The popular guy and the not popular guy. Who asks her out? The popular guy. Total Colin Coward segment. Anyways, basically, I just if, if you don't make it, but you did everything in your power to try and qualify for the NCAA tournament, I think that's easier for the fan base, for the players, for the coaching staff to sit with than we sat idle for three straight weeks. Now, I do want to clarify one thing before I move on here. CSU has been looking for games. They're not just sitting on their butts over there, eating bonbons like, yeah, whatever. There have been a couple of games that have almost come together. And uh, the, the program that you all kept talking about online, a major one out of the ACC, um, CSU reached out to them. So just saying, let's, let's, let's move on. Um, Let's just move on here and, and talk about the Mountain West tournament, I guess, because I got a great question from my buddy Aaron Harris of the Ram Sanity podcast. Make sure that you're checking out that one as well. He wants to know, CSU will play one of these three schools in the conference tournament semifinals. If you had the choice, who are you playing and why between Boise, Utah State, and San Diego State? This is a really, really good question. Really good question. 
And uh, one I actually, my answer's changed on since last, since I, you know, first read it, actually. Um, and after kind of watching this Utah State, Boise State game play out in person. So starting starting off first, I'm going to go with the, the team I'd least like to play, and that's Boise State. I think they match up the best with CSU. Right now, in terms of like three-point offense and, and attacking and transition, all that scoring, just being a potent offensive threat, I think CSU is as dangerous, if not more dangerous, than anybody in the Mountain West. It's them and Boise State. I mean, UNLV can really score, and San Diego State has some guys that are really, really talented, but without Matt Mitchell, you know, they're really kind of reliant on Jordan Shackle, and he's a baller, but I just think the depth of Boise State and CSU uh, tends to to favor it for them, at least in, in when it comes to just that. The thing that worries me the most about Boise State is I think they're the only team that can keep up with CSU on a night where CSU is really, really hot offensively. They've got the three-point shooters. They've got the athletes to move in transition. You know, that was one thing that the the broadcasters kept focusing on, that Utah State, Boise State. They were like, why don't the Broncos try and get out in transition, man? This Utah State team, they're slow. They want to play in the half court. They want to grind it out, try and protect the post, all of that. If you can get out and, and run on them, you know, that really puts them in a tough position. Kata's a beast, man, but he doesn't move all of that well. You want to try and, you know, kind of offset that as best as you can. And because of that, I just, I think CSU, Boise State, they both match up well against Utah State. The team I would like to play, let's, I might as well just do the team I'd most want to play. We don't have to do the all three because you'll get it. There's only three choices. I think it's San Diego State. And I know that sounds kind of crazy. Um, they, they've really started to figure it out lately. And obviously they've got a lot of experience. You worry about a team like that. I just think CSU could outscore them. I mean, they're, they're great defensively and they're going to contest your shots. They're going to get back. They're ma- going to make it tough on you. But you've already beat them once on the road. You came back again in that second one when you got down. I mean, the key is just to not let their length like completely disrupt the flow of your offense. And that's something San Diego State was able to do early in both of those games. It's been a long time since then. So I, 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 think, it, I think it's San Diego State. Now, maybe that's me just kind of going off like nostalgic purposes. CSU's beat San Diego State a couple of times in big games over the last half decade or so. I don't know. I just think that matchup favors them a little bit. And I don't love the idea of going up against Kata and Bean. I just, it's not a horrible matchup. I'd rather face them than Boise State just because they're not quite as potent from three point. And I think CSU could outscore them in the end. But I mean, watching Kata, man, he, he's just a freak. And you essentially have to go out there and just hope he gets in foul trouble. Because if he doesn't, man, they're just going to feed him continually. And if he's converting, like, I, I don't know what you're supposed to do in that situation. They played pretty decent defense on him at times. And he just did, you know, power move, dunk, pivot step, dunk, layup. I mean, he just, his footwork is incredible. He's, he's a lot of fun to watch. Anyway, shout out to Aaron Harris for that question. I'm, a, I'm actually going to put a poll on Twitter and let you guys respond or comment. You know, tell me why I'm wrong. Tell me why I'm right. All of that fun stuff. It's, it's definitely a fun one to think about, and, and I appreciate him for posing that topic.
kid with the cuff khakis wearing graphic tees feeling way too trendy raps that kill oh i'm deadly primed and ready like machetes at a deli in new delhi feeling scummy like martin scarelli turn jam into jelly then drink it like juice but water's the truth so i sip on that too skinny looking kid with no car keys like the only thing i drive is rcrv's got the stash like steve harvey oh i'm gnarly like not from